producer. Anyway, uh, welcome to the podcast. Um, if you're a first time listener, welcome. I don't know what else to say. You're going to enjoy it, I think. Um, thank you for coming through, brother. If you could just introduce yourself for the audience, that would be fantastic. You got it. Um, hey, guys, my name is Amoyade, or I guess that's my producer name. Uh, my real name is Ray. Um, I make cool music yeah, once in dude. a while. <laughs> Your music slaps. Thank you, bro. <laughs> You're in, I, got, I got some questions. All right. Um, but normally how I start this out is with just like a fun little icebreaker question. Yeah. And that is, what was your first concert? Oh, God. <laughs> My first concert. I don't know if this is like technically considered a concert, but I was a church kid. I was going to say church comes up a lot. Yeah. Um, and I was at. What, what's what's the stadium that the Detroit Lions play at? Like Ford Stadium or something? That would make sense. Something like that. Um, and we were at like this like Christian conference thing. I think it was called like Battle Cry or something. Hmm. Um, and I saw this band. It was like this new metal band called Skillet. Oh, dude. Yeah. Wait. Nice. Do you know? Do you I know, know Skillet? Yeah. Yeah. So. I heard Skillet play and I was like, yo, this shit goes hard. And I was like 13, 14. So I listened to them like nonstop on like the ride back and I got like two Skillet CDs. Um, so yeah, I think that was like my first like memorable concert experience. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Dude. That's, that's a good one. Honestly, a stadium concert. Yeah. Well, I mean, it also had like, you know, the preachy stuff in the middle too. So <laughs> for sure, dude, Christian rock is good though. <laughs> Depends. I saw POD not that long ago. Oh my. They're a Christian band yeah. technically. I think actually they played like the year or two after. Mm. Uh, and we went and I remember getting hyped because not because I knew any of their songs, but because I was like, Oh man, this is a mainstream band playing at a christian conference mm. and i was like drink i don't want to say drinking the kool-aid mm. but like i was drinking the kool-aid yeah and i was like whoa we're like winning the culture war <laughs> <laughs> yeah. at that time yeah. i think so <laughs> just like, for like a couple years yeah think, yeah right? there were a lot of good christian bands at that time yeah so are you from detroit or like in michigan no no we um it was like a youth group outing out to Detroit. I am, I was born and raised in Chicago, then moved out to Des Plaines and lived there for God knows how long, like more than half of my life at this point. And then I just moved back into the city, uh, last year. Nice. With my girlfriend. So sick. Yeah. Who's chilling here? You can't see her, but she's, she's here. <laughs> she she's uh damaged. Con I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She'll she'll grab the mic if anything gets too rowdy. Yep. Um, displays, dude. I went to Oakton out there. Oh what? Yeah. Oh man, this is a small ass world. I know. Yeah. It, it always like I, we did one where it was just like, oh, we went to the same high school, and we we're like, okay, what? Like so yeah. random. Um. Word, man. Well, cool. And now that we got that out of the way, yep. <laughs> I uh, 
I just wanted to like do a little origin story stuff. Like when did you start producing? Yeah. Um, you know, when did you get into music and like just that whole thing, you know? Okay. I'm going to try to condense this so this doesn't take yeah, like yeah, 24 yeah, yeah. hours. For sure. Um, when did I get into music? I would say that was when I was like in third grade. I saw my neighbor uh, and I still remember his name. So I'm going to name drop him. I don't know if he remembers me at all, but Doyen Okashinlu. Shout, Shout out, out Doyen. Doyen. Yeah, there you go. Um, he was carrying like a violin case, which at the time, like my third grade brain was like, that's a guitar. And I was like, like begging my parents to like get me a guitar, mm -hmm. but it was, it was actually a violin. And so that's how it started. I started out in orchestra, mm. um, played from third grade to like high school, um, and in between, like in middle school, I joined aforementioned church and I started to like watch the church band or what we call like the worship team, I guess. Mm. Um, the squad. The squad, the worship squad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> play music. And I was like, oh man, there's like a band here. This is like way better than like all the Catholic services I've ever slept through. Um, and so I wanted to learn how to play drums. And coincidentally, Rock Band came out at this like the very same mm -hmm, time. Mm -hmm. I had Rock Band. Yep. And the drums. Yep. That was like why I wanted it because Guitar Hero was cool. Yep. But like when they brought the drums, in, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And it, it felt like a one-to-one -one, like translation, right? As opposed to like playing Guitar Hero, you know, you're not actually playing the chords or whatever. You're pressing buttons, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I learned how to play the drums through playing Rock Band. And then eventually I took over drum playing duties at the church when I was like 12 or 13 or something. And then I played all the way till, I don't know, like my early 20s. And then I kind of had like a crisis of faith, which is like a completely different podcast episode. <laughs> so I'll leave it at that. Um, and then in between that, I got into making music. I... I tried having a like a two person math rock band back in high school. I don't know if you guys know what math rock is. I know is. what math rock is. Yeah. So like back in high school I was like so into Midwest emo and American football. So were we. Oh not oh man. That's amazing. We love that emo. Ryan yeah. still loves that emo. Hey still man. Do. I, I saw Hawthorne Heights ten year reunion. What the buddy? Buddy. Oh man, I'm jealous. Dude, and the crazy part is like you see them, they're yeah. so much older. <laughs> and it's hard to unsee. Mm. Yeah. Wait, but they were like <clears throat> that much older than us and now they're like that much older. That much older, like receding hairline, oh, dad no. status, like damn. still wearing skinny jeans. Oh damn. No. Uh, rough, yeah. Yeah. I um the other day I was listening to Fallout Boys like second album uh -huh. i think it was their second album but yeah i was just like man they fell off well they <laughs> still do but it's so poppy now yeah that's know? that's the problem like that like the first two or three albums was just like so like so 
Midwestern emo-y. Mm-hmm. Not in like the twinkly math rock way, but in like the hard, like traditional, traditional, <laughs> traditional, way? Emo. traditional emo way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, I, I had like a two piece math rock emo band uh, back in high school. And then I started making beats on my PSP. Uh, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I started making beats. Probably the first that I've ever heard. Yeah. Uh, but there was this um, Timbaland made a, I guess you could call it an app. Mm. It was an app for the PSP called Beaterator. And so I learned how to use Beaterator. And then I also hacked my PSP, or I jailbroke it, I guess. Uh-huh. And there was this um, jailbroken app called PSP Rhythm. Mm. And I would learn how to make beats there. And then I gave up on it for like a couple years. Whoa, dude. PSP. Yeah. Sorry. It's just yeah. like, what if I wish we had one right now that we could like do yeah. a tutorial. That'd be sick. Yeah. I mean, I, um, I had a, or I ran my PSP emulator like two or so years ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was like, I wonder if the website is still up. And it was. Oh. And so I was just messing around on PSP rhythm and I was like, I could actually do like, I actually know how to do something in this thing now instead of like giving up on it as a kid. So I made like, it wasn't the greatest beat, but it was like a, like it sounded okay. And I was like, man, if I was like, if I had my 29 year old brain just implanted into like my 14 year old self, man, uh, yeah, I could have cheat code. Right I there. know I could have been like, this is the kid who makes beats with a PSP. And now he like, knows timbaland or something dude but that's I'm, crazy i'm here anyway yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so at post psp yeah. you got maybe like a daw like you started getting yeah i i was messing around with fl studio i would say and this is fast forward like maybe when i was like 18 19 um i tried out fl studio and i had no idea what was going on but I also didn't take the time to, like, watch YouTube videos mm. or, like, read tutorials about it. So I was just randomly clicking stuff. And I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. So I gave up on it, on FL Studio at least. And then I, I got Ableton. And for some reason, Ableton just felt intuitive only as soon as you hit tab first, because you know how there's like session view and then mm-hmm, the layout mm-hmm, view. Mm-hmm. So I was stuck on why it was like session view. Dude, I so was long. in session view for so long and I was like, it didn't make sense. Exactly. To my brain. Now I feel like it's cool. Yeah. Like to go back to, like if you want to do like a live performance, but that felt way more like you'd get stuck in loops so much harder yep. in that mode. Yep. Yeah. I didn't know how to do anything then. And then once. Once I pressed tab, that's when my entire life changed. <laughs> um, and I remember looking up tutorials on how to um, how to make like Jay Dilla sounding beats. Mm. But I also took the extra step to like like download jay dilla beats on like youtube or like rip them from youtube and then i'd try to like copy the drum pattern like one for one on like the the grid 
Yeah, like, that was not gonna happen. Yeah, I mean, I tried it. Or like the swing, you know, the the yeah, the the swing in those beats is just not on the grid. Exactly. Um, and so, like, I would, I would literally like be in front of like the computer screen, just like, just trying to nudge each and every like hi hat hit, and every like snare hit, every kick, and I'd just be like, all right, this is as close as I can get it, and I think that's what helped me like really get into this type of stuff Mm. um and then for a long time my the the music that i was making early on kept getting relegated to like the like lo-fi beats to like like fall asleep to To do whatever to yeah Yeah. lo-fi beats and chill Yeah. yeah it was like you know it was background music and i think people were like people weren't understanding like my intent with it because Jay Dilla made some stuff that like hit hard and was for the clubs, but also had like this really crazy swing to it. And it might've sounded like chill. Like he sampled jazz, he -hmm. sampled some soul stuff, but at the end of the day you play that shit in the club and like, it it's gonna slap Mm. whereas i think nowadays people might tend to drift towards like okay i'm gonna take a jazz sample i'm gonna take a jay dilla type drum pack and then we'll we'll call it that Mm -hmm. i don't know if that explanation made any sense no i get what you're saying yeah like that definitely gets relegated to lo-fi exactly yeah and i i knew i knew i didn't want my stuff to be like background music Mm. and this this is like no offense to like people who make lo-fi either because there there's some like really talented producers out there who who do this stuff like day in and day out and they have their own like flair but i'm just talking about like some of the some of the stuff i hear on spotify that just sounds like bots made it or something and Mm -hmm. you can tell it's like a money grab type of thing or you hear like some or you watch some videos on youtube about like nujibes and jay dill are the godfathers of hip-hop like that makes me want to rip my hair out or not hip-hop lo-fi hip-hop oh yeah because it was more almost boom bap exactly yeah and boom bap was like very connected to rapping yeah exactly well. i mean now that you just mentioned you know nujibes and dilla i saw i was you know scoured your instagram and i Uh-oh. saw <laughs> in a good way um but i saw that you did a tribute like radio set to nujibes and jay dilla and yeah. i just kind of wanted to ask a little bit more about that because that sounds really cool i love yeah. nujibes even more so than i'd say dilla um but yeah, how is that? Like, how do you construct that to not sound lo-fi? Like, <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think part of it comes from knowing each of their catalogs, like even the really, really deep cuts. Because mm-hmm. I remember I took a track from, I think it was Pace Rock. Pace Rock is like a frequent collaborator with Nujibes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I think it's Pace Rock's like one and only album. And I was like, nobody's going to know this is a Nujibes like produced track. Mm. 
And you take stuff like that. You take Jay Dilla's like remixes that are just floating out there in the ether. Like I didn't even know he did a remix to Janet Jackson's like Got Till It's Gone until I just like stumbled upon it. And I was like, oh, what? Um, and so I think that was like the, the biggest goal for me in mm. that mix was just like trying to find all these deep cuts. Yeah. Yeah. And the then, deep cuts. yeah. And then tying it back to like, you know, these guys are more than just background music. Like you got to understand, like these guys were here to like go hard. <laughs> yeah. 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 So. Have you listened to the, uh, what is it called? It's like pretty popular, but it's with the Shingo two. Shingo two, yep. That like lovesick L- yep. part one through six. Yeah, I've only listened to up to like three. Yeah, there's like yeah. more than you think. Like <laughs> as I've listened to them, I'm like, oh wait, there's a part six. Yeah, like I didn't even know about that. Yeah, I think I only listened to the ones where Nujabes was like still alive. Mm. I think I might have listened to like one after his passing but when i heard it there was like a part of my brain that was like this doesn't sound like it Mm, so mm -hmm. i don't know maybe it's a mental thing but the first three parts were really good i enjoyed him yeah fire yeah he's cool have you seen like samurai champloo that's where i learned about him dude it's so (laughs) good i love that combination just like samurai shit and then chill ass like hip-hop beats yep it's dope i mean the the director for that too he's um He's also the same guy who made Cowboy Bebop. Mm -hmm. And so every time he comes out with like a project like that, he always tries to do like a mashup of stuff. So like with Cowboy Bebop, it's like, how can I turn a space or how can I make a space Western with like jazz in the background? So And it's it's a really cool combo. I'm pretty sure the same studio did Space Dandy. Have you ever seen that? Yep, I've seen it. It's weird. Space (laughs) Dandy's weird. Yeah, it's not as quite as good as those other two, but it's still Yep. I, it's worth watching. It gets real weird at the end. That's all I'll I don't say. even. I don't even think I watched all the way till the end. But I remember, like, all the episodes just seemed like one giant mushroom trip. It's goofy. Yeah. <laughs> it's goofy for sure. Yeah. And then um, a, another little known, I think his name is Shinichiro Watanabe. Like another little known project that he's done is called Kids on the Slope. I don't know if you guys have heard of that, but Mm -hmm. it's just, it doesn't have any of that wacky stuff. It's just straight up like a bunch of high school kids in Japan just like want to make jazz music Mm. and it's, it's really good. I would recommend it. I got to check that out. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I love everything that they've done. Yeah. I would recommend it. Okay. Yeah. I got to write that. What's it called again? Kids on the slope. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. I'm going to bookmark that. (laughs) Um, You know, one thing I wanted to go into was just kind of like, selection and potential connections there yeah um and also just you know like i was looking at your numbers and i was like damn i didn't even see like before i asked you to come on i was like i just fuck with this music and then i was looking at some i was like damn you got some plays like some soundcloud plays and spotify stuff like i kind of wanted to ask how do you garner that like was there one any specific thing that was like really helpful in in starting to accrue plays like that yeah um i would say there there isn't one like breakthrough 
break sorry there isn't one like specific breakthrough thing that mm-hmm. like really got me to be like oh he went from one to like 40,000 plays on one track it was just like consistency mm. um and that doesn't even mean like consistency in the quality of your tracks it, it was just like consistency in uploading mm. um and soundcloud made it so easy and creator friendly i would say to just upload whatever and not have to go through like the pains of like going through distro kit or like what are the other platforms yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um and you could just throw everything up there and for me you know i was in grad school when all that just started blowing up um and so i i like to tell people like I used making music to procrastinate from doing schoolwork. Mm. And then I used like schoolwork to kind of procrastinate from doing music. So I had like a pretty good balance and like the pandemic really sped things up. Cause I, I had nothing better to do. I, I had just graduated. I was unemployed still cause I messed up and I didn't send my transcript in time to get like my, scores back for all this so Mm. like i had all the time in the world like in 2020 um and i just kept making stuff and i just kept listening to other people's stuff and i think that's just the biggest thing is just making stuff on a consistent basis and taking inspiration from others on a consistent basis Mm. and you can't you can't go a day without doing either one Mm. even if it's like all right i'm just gonna listen to like somebody's track on soundcloud once like that's that's it for today Mm -hmm. or like i'm gonna sit down in front of my computer for like 10 minutes even though i know this is gonna suck really bad and you just do it Mm -hmm. so yeah the consistency yeah yeah, that makes sense. I feel like some artists, they don't have that. They're just, you know, we're like fickle people or some some <laughs> artists are where, you know, you got to like have the inspiration strike. But I, they, I always hear that where it's like the preaching of just sit down and write something. Yeah. Um, but it's, it is tough to do. Yeah. And there's a, there's a scene that really struck me in, um, I don't know if you guys have seen the sound of metal. Mm-mm. oh god it's so good um long story short it's about a guy who goes deaf he's a metal drummer and he goes into like a like a rehab house because he was relapsing because he couldn't cope with him turning deaf and music was like his livelihood um wow this is like major spoilers but hopefully this is okay <laughs> yeah spoiler alert <laughs> <laughs> um but there's a scene where the the counselor guy puts the drummer in in a room and he's like listen i just want you to write like just sit down with this donut and coffee at 5 a.m and i just want you to write anything you want any feeling whatever it doesn't have to even make sense i just want you to be able to sit with your thoughts and that's it and that scene like really just stuck with me um and I've used music as a way to just kind of like, you know, just kind of deal with life in general. Mm. Um, and so I think that's like 
the bigger purpose for me is just kind of releasing some anxiety and some it's stress. An out, like an outlet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. I feel like some people try to make it the outlet, you know what I mean? Mm. And it's not really meant for them. Yeah. Um, and they're kind of like grinding the gears because they're trying to be like, and maybe you can make it that, you know, if you do it for long enough, it might just become, you know, your therapy. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like actually now that I'm thinking about it, it's kind of just been my therapy like throughout life. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I've always been like a super sheltered kid. Um, so, you know, any chance I could take, I'd just be like downloading music um, on like music blogs off of um, what's that one site like Blogger? This song is sick. Oh, no. Well, yeah, no I mean, I've heard of that blog, but yeah, the blog yeah. eras where they'd, they'd throw up like singles and stuff or like yeah. the other blogs where they put up like full album downloads. And I'm like, all right, yeah. Um, and so it's always been like my way of kind of seeing like the outside world. I yeah. Guess. No, I so, feel that. Yeah. Should we run a track? Yeah, go for it. What, what should we, uh, what should we start with? Ooh. I know that there's a lot. We probably won't get to all of them. Yeah. Um, I would say one of my, I'd say actually my favorite track that I've ever made. And honestly, I still don't know how I made it. <laughs> is open arms. Ooh. Yeah, this is just me like showing the sample. Right. And then it's going to get into it. a real bass uh no it's a plug-in yeah plug-in of a real of, of a real bass is it contact plug-in <laughs> yep Dude, contact the scarby or like the, the one they have a couple bases yeah there. <clears throat> um it's actually not the scarby i was actually trying to look for it and then i picked like this i forget what the name of it is they sound good, dude. Yeah. And like the glide between notes and stuff. Yep. Fire. Very authentic. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, there's this track by Black Gold called, I think it's called like Touch Me, Feel Me or something like that. And I got the inspiration for him to like use like just the repeating pads. And I was like, wait a minute, I think I could do this too. Mm. And then when I did it, I was like, oh shit. That's the move. That's the sauce. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that probably one of my favorite tracks that I've ever produced because I honestly like 99% of the time I don't know how I make these tracks uh-huh. that's, <laughs> just, what ha- that's like almost the fear sometimes you're like dude I gotta make another one that slaps like that but act- I don't know how actually I, I did try to um, it, it wasn't in the email I sent you guys but um, there's this track called 85 Cutlass and I was like I think I can do this again and it was it was good but it wasn't as great as uh-huh. open arms and i was like all right what about that one do you like so much because i could i could feel it in like the groove like it really when that first snare came out i was like oh okay um that was the moment where i was like i got the swing mm. like i figured it out mm. <laughs> and then i never got it again <laughs> how, like, do you know how you got it for that one or do you like you don't even uh if i remember right it's like a combination of like human error with your sample chops. Yeah. Um, and then what I did was I hand played the drums and then I used the quantize feature on my push. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can set like the swing level. And then I set the swing to like 30 percent or something and then i turned the quantize down to like 40 percent or something like that um and then that's how i got that swing and Mm. i was like i did it (laughs) i did mom (laughs) mom get in here now (laughs) yeah (laughs) so you're a yeah i saw you're a push user you got the push two right yeah i'm on the push one i had a push one yeah the push uh, two is like a pretty big upgrade because you can see way more that you're doing on the little screen. Yeah. What do we think of the push three? Not buying it. Not buying it. Hard no. Hard no, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, I've, well, one, it's out of my budget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially like the standalone ones. Yeah. Expensive. Oof, I can't. Um, but two, I feel like the, the push two already does everything I need it to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I honestly still haven't even used it to like its fullest capabilities. Right. I really only use it for like finger drumming. Yeah, that's what I do too. Yeah, and that's that's it. And I, I feel like that's all I'll really use it for. Mm-hmm. Um, so with the push three, especially like the standalone thing, it just feels like it's going to be an extra like learning curve. Like I don't care how intuitively they think it's gonna run or whatever like it's just another thing that i gotta learn and if i was like i don't know like 18 19 20 and i had like a bunch of free time i'd be like oh hell yeah but you know that would be the one yeah yeah yeah, to start with yeah but now i'm just like ah whatever i'm setting my ways you know i'm sure it's cool i'm sure it's cool i haven't gotten to play with it but one thing that i think is cool is like the the i forget what they call it i think it's like mpe where you can like glide between the notes that looks cool i don't have any devices that can do that yeah but kind of like the rolly i mean yeah 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 the seaboard yeah dude and and like literally i saw i think decap doing like an 808 
tutorial with it yeah. and like doing the glides on it. And I was like, okay, that's what I want it for. Yeah. It's just for those like. Yeah, those, it, it just know. makes the glide so much easier because I, you know, honestly, I still have a hard time trying to figure out glides sometimes. Yeah, like, I just program them. I tried doing that too. And then sometimes like, you know, if I'm using sampler, I'm just like, I, it's not working. And then I have to like troubleshoot and like Google stuff. Believe it or not, I I still barely know how to use Ableton. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. like, I'm just sticking with what I know at this point. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm still thinking about like, <laughs> just a throwback from before, dude, the, the rock band drum kit. Imagine making that into a MIDI controller. I'm sure people do. I, I still have mine. <laughs> I've thought of that actually a long, long time ago when I was still starting out, I was like, I got to figure out a way to hook this up. Cause I had the rock band four one, which was like Bluetooth. Mm. Um, I, I threw all my like previous rock, band, like one, two and three ones out. Um, and I was like, there's gotta be a way so I can like play the drums and I have addictive drums, which if you guys don't know what that is, like you can program like drums onto like an electronic drum kit mm. and so i was like there's gotta be a way so i can like play drums again because i don't have a set at home dude if you can if you can jailbreak your psp i think you can figure <laughs> out how to get the rock band drums going yeah i, I just gotta pull it out of my parents house and then <laughs> yeah we'll me figure too. It out. yeah we'll figure it out if you figure it out let me know i got you because i'll put that in here <laughs> i got you <laughs> yeah do you ever i have this other device that it's like just like a drum pad for like drumming with sticks and yeah. i feel like you get a different you, like you can just do a lot of different things with sticks you know because like when you're finger drumming it's like you don't get much recoil off the pad yeah um yeah i feel like that's really good especially if people have like a lot of experience playing like snare drum and mm -hmm. like marching band yeah, yeah, and stuff yeah. um something i've learned from watching um stro elliott I don't know if you know who's Stroh. Not familiar. Um, producer, he sometimes shows up in the um, the house band for the Jimmy Fallon show, like as okay. part of the Roots. Yeah. Um, he plays drums on a push. Really? Yeah, and it sounds so believable. Ooh. It's insane. Like, you got to look up, like, YouTube videos of this guy just drumming, like, finger drumming. It's insane. Yeah. Um, he has like this very intricate setup like with his fingers yeah so he can hit like yeah all the different yeah and he can make like the snare like roll and stuff just by like doing some magical shit on there and so I, what i did once was i tried to copy his exact setup of like how he maps all of the drums on the push and it's not even like an over the over the top view it's literally literally like an interview like phone phone camera video of him talking about it so i just kept having to like rewind and pause this youtube video for like two hours mm -hmm. as he was explaining this and i was like i'm gonna get this i'm gonna be a finger drummer like stro elliott and it works yeah it's really comfy really yeah Do you still use it oh yeah like everything on my push when i load up addictive drums it's mapped like that mm. and it it's pretty intuitive like the way he has it set up is like the ring finger and the index finger kind of go together. And so when you're playing the ring finger with the hi-hat and then you have the snare. 
Well, that was true, Elliot, boys. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so he has his ring finger doing, like, the hi-hat. And then he also can have his index finger um, doing the snare on the same hand. And so, you know, when you're doing, like, the snare hits on two and four it's still going to be in time because, like, your entire hand is moving. I don't know uh, if I'm explaining uh, no, this yeah, right. That, that makes sense. Right? Instead of having to, like, coordinate your other hand to be like, oh, it's it's two. Okay. It's just your entire hand just falling on it, mm. if that makes any sense. No, that makes sense. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> Damn, yeah. I've always aspired to do it all at once, but normally I'll, like you know do the like the hi-hats or something get like a nice groove for that and then yeah. i mean whatever the snare do that next kick and any other percussion but i kind of do them separately because i'm not at that level where i can just do yeah you know like when you watch like some of the dudes do it but are yeah. you are you at that level can you are you getting there i'm getting there <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah i'm yeah. getting there um there was actually a studio session I had with um, a couple of people. It was uh, Harry. Oh, shout out Harry. Yeah, yeah, shout out Harry. Dude, who? Okay, so I was also on your Instagram. You know yeah. that guy? I don't know who he is. But big I, hair. Big hair. Yeah. Yep. Jael. Okay. Um, also part of the Selection fam. Um, he's from... Oh God, I don't want to mess up where he's from. He's from he's from Europe. <laughs> you seem like you know. Netherlands. Netherlands. Thank Netherlands. You. Thank Amsterdam. you, baby. Thank you. Amsterdam. There we go. I didn't want to mess it up. I was like, Ugh. he just looks like a cool cat. Like his hair is swaggy, and he, like I just respect other long hair beings. Like he's he's a wacky dude. He hmm. is a wacky wacky dude, but mega talented uh, producer DJ multi-instrumentalist can sing the lights out um oh, yeah. if you've seen some of like his instagram clips where he's djing sometimes he just like cuts out the the track to like sing the actual chorus mm. and i'm like wow that's insane um but yeah um we i was in a studio session with him harry one of my friends lonzo who is a insanely talented multi-instrumentalist who um, 1981 Tokyo, uh, Jimmy Park, who works at Classic Studios, and I hope I'm not forgetting anyone. I think that's about it. But yeah, we were just like at a studio session, and I got to just like finger drum for a little bit, and it was like kind of it felt like a live band type of thing because mm. Lonzo was on keys, Jael was on guitar. And then we had Jimmy on bass, I think. And we basically had like an impromptu like jam session. Mm. And I was like, oh my God, this is my dream. Dude, hell yeah. Like, Have you guys considered like doing that? Like a band? Like, yeah. I don't know. I could hit them up. <laughs> I was just curious. I mean, it sounds like fun. Did you guys record anything specifically like that? Or it was just like, yo, we're grooving no, right now. We, we were just jamming. And like the circumstances around that are actually hilarious at least on my end because um i actually didn't want i didn't feel like going that night to the mm. studio session because uh because dancing with the stars was on <laughs> gotta see the app <laughs> gotta see the latest yep so uh, <laughs> we my girlfriend and i were we were both like in bed and it was like 9 p.m and uh 
You were I comfy. Was, yeah, I was comfy. I like I'm a grandpa too, so like, <laughs> I I do not want to go out past like 9 p.m. 10 p.m. And I was like, babe, Giles in the studio. Should I go? She's like, yeah, you should go. I'm like, but dancing with the st- I want to know who gets kicked out. <laughs> and she's like, you. When are you gonna be able to do this again? I was like. The voice of reason, yeah. <laughs> literally. And I was like, ah, yeah. yeah, fine. <laughs> like, I'm begrudgingly going there, and I'm like, why am I being grumpy about this? And then, you know, as soon as I walked in, I was like, all right, this was worth it. That's how I am, too. It takes me a second to, like, in my brain, like, especially if I'm set on doing something else. Yep. I'm not good with uh, surprises, Neither am I. Like, I like things to be planned out, and then we just do that thing that we planned out. Yep, yep. I'm pretty rigid like that, too. Although, I've been, I think I've been working on it. The spontaneity? Yeah, I've been working on it a little bit more. So, I I think I've gotten to that point. Um, My girlfriend definitely brings the spontaneity out Mm -hmm. of it, or out of me. So, it's good to have, like, that that kind of balance. Because, like... If I was living by myself, I would have just been like, nah, he can he can fly out here some other time. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be in town again. Exactly. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was a good session. We were finger drumming. I was like, man, I this is this is feeling like me at church again, except not with like cheesy lyrics. Mm. So it was that's, a good that's time. cool, man. Yeah. I want to bring it back to selection for a sec. Just like did I don't know, like what's how did the connect happen? Uh, is it through yeah. SoundCloud? Is it like, yeah. I know 1981 as mentioned by Tango on one of the previous podcasts, shout out Tango. Shout out Tango. Um, was talking about him and I, I've also heard some of his music and like think he's dope and I know he's a selection dude. Yeah. Um, you know, like how did you, you know, get in, meet some of these people, you know? Um, so, let me go back to say like 2017 2018 yeah um again still in grad school just like grinding trying to just make beats to procrastinate from doing grad school work and i put out just like this beat tape or whatever um and there was one track called go for broke which was like a Nipsey Hustle remix. And I was like, oh yeah, this is this is a really nice track. And then all of a sudden I hear uh the it was like a month later and there was a selection episode playing. And I, I was getting like a ton of plays on this one track, and I was like, where's this coming from? And then one comment was like, Selection brought me here. Mm. And I was like, at the time, I was like, okay, I know about these guys. They're cool, but whatever. It's all right. (laughs) Um, And then I listened, and I I started to learn more and more about, like, how serious this was getting. I was like, oh, damn. Like, Joe K's that dude. (laughs) Mm, Like, starting to put the pieces together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then I remember hearing my track and he he's talking over like the intro because it's all filtered out in the beginning. He's like, it's my birthday, I'm turning 30 or whatever. And I was like, 
this can't be my track. And then he's like, let's get into it. And the beat drops. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Yo. Yeah. Was it, did, did you get properly shouted out? And like, this, well, you know. I didn't, but it showed up on like the selection track list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Site. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that was like really the beginning of it. And then the more I got into it, the more I was kind of branching out from just doing like straight up boom bap, even though that was like my bread and butter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started learning way, way, way more about all these different genres, even trying to get into like different styles of dance music. And like, I give a lot of credit to Selection for really opening my my ears to like a lot of different styles yeah that i otherwise would have just been like ah yeah whatever it's all right some like good r&b yeah it's not even r&b yeah there's a lot of different genres in there too. yeah um like i remember a year or two ago there was a uh, there was a jules takeover jules makes like afrobeat stuff and I remember just completely skipping over it. And I was like, I don't fuck with Afro beats. Like, this is stupid. <laughs> Hard stance. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, and then like a year later, the the more and more he kept playing it, the more I was like, all right, yeah, it's okay. And now like today I'm like, I keep accidentally making Afro beats style tracks. <laughs> like, I can't just stop. Stop. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so. 2017 2018 i can't remember the year anymore that's when it all started and then i was like oh wait i can like keep going with this like people are actually like seeing this and like clinging on to this and i just kept making more and more tracks and joe just kept playing more and more of them like we've never had like any in not in person but like dms exchanged or anything no messages exchanged he just kept kept hitting up my soundcloud page mm. And there was one time where I shot my shot and I DM'd them and I was like, hey, here's here's some tracks that I just put out. Didn't respond. I was like, yeah, he's a busy guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a busy guy. Yeah. Whatever. Um, and then like 2021 comes around because he, he was playing my tracks like all throughout like 2020, mm-hmm. which is still crazy to think about. Um he sends me a message and he's like, I, I don't remember what exactly he said, but he basically said like, Hey man, I've been playing your tracks like for the last year. And I feel like it's only right to like have you on the show. Like, are you down to do it? And I'm just getting off of work and I'm like sitting in my car. It's like February. It's freezing cold in Chicago. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, this can't be real. Like, I've been listening to this radio show for, like, the last three or four years now. Mm. And, um, obviously, like, I said yes. I worked on the mix. I had, at the time, I had zero DJ experience whatsoever. Like, I was making all these mixes. Like, whenever people would ask me for guest mixes and stuff, I would splice songs together in Ableton. Yeah. I know, yeah. (laughs) I know what you're talking about. (laughs) Yep. That's how I would make my DJ mix. Yeah. And so that's what I did for the takeover. And I was like, oh, damn, this is going to be played everywhere now. Um, and then after that, like, things just really kept going off the rails. And, like, people were really coming to the page, like, expecting 
all that quality, which I'm not going to lie, like in retrospect, it kind of got to my head a little bit. Mm. Um, and I guess like post takeover, it's kind of been an uphill battle to like kind of find or kind of get the ball rolling again. Um, so yeah, I think that about sums up the journey. That does sum it up well. Ryan, is this door open fully? Okay, I just want to make sure. Sorry that it's hot in here. It's like, you know, we're middle of summer in Chicago. It's a heat wave. Um, No AC unit in here. (laughs) (laughs) We're in a sauna, actually. Yeah, we're actually in a sauna. (laughs) Um, Okay, cool. Thank you for explaining that. Yeah. And I saw also that you went out to Joshua Tree with the selection, like di- like some people in the selection Discord. And I was like, that sounds sick. Ryan yeah. is a big Joshua Tree guy, like Crazy loves it about out there. it, bro. Yeah. yeah, I went to this place called the Integratron. Oh God! So it's a uh, it's a perfect dome. <laughs> yeah, this is two nuts. Stories. And so what they did out there is they do sound baths. What? So you lay down on a mat, you listen to people playing courts, singing bowls. And because it's a perfect dome, the way that the sound travels is crazy. So you can stand in one point, have someone else stand at one point, you can whisper, and it sounds like they're directly in oh, your ear. Oh, that, yeah. that would freak me out. <laughs> yeah. It's so trippy. And then yeah. after they put you out into this little patio, have you hang out on hammocks, and they're like, we know you just experienced a lot. <laughs> Like, uh, here you go. Just chill out for a little while. That's fantastic experience. Love Joshua Tree. That is amazing. Yeah. But it's, I was just going to say, besides that, it's also just kind of like a spiritual place in general. Yeah. Um, when I went to Joshua Tree, um, we, we were planning this in the discord. Also shout out like selection discord fam. So like Mish, Max, Moses, Alex, Telly, Alan, Sean, Ken, uh, Josue, Dre- come on, the entire <laughs> you know crew. who you are. Come on, um, but we planned out the entire like trip. I'd say like a month or two in advance, and for me it was kind of weird because like it to me it felt like meeting your friends from like Xbox Live. Yeah, for yeah, the first yeah, time because yeah. this was like post pandemic to or not post pandemic, but like in a lull in the pandemic. Right. Uh, I guess we could technically still be in it. Yeah. If someone was going to, whatever. Anyway. Yeah. For like 50 years from now, somebody will be like <laughs> correcting this and be like, this is still a pandemic. Yeah. 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 Um, so we planned all this stuff out and I had a, I had an amazing time there because it was just like four or five days of just like a DJ setup. Everybody there was a DJ pretty much, except for me. I was the only producer there. Um, everybody there was just playing music. It was like a back to back to back to back, like day to night, Mm. just chilling, um, in an Airbnb, which was also really, really nice. We didn't even go to like the actual like park or anything. We were just stuck in that one air Airbnb. Um, and I, I just remember feeling like a sense of community that I had never gotten from like making music before. Um, cause before all that, you know, I was, it was just me. I was still living with my parents in the suburbs and like, I didn't really know anybody in the suburbs who was doing the stuff that I was doing. 
people would ask people from the city would ask me to come into the city and I'd be like, no, because one, you're inviting me and it's like 10 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> that spontaneity thing. Yep. Mean, yeah. And two, my parents are like old school Asian parents and they're going to be like, where are you going at 10 p.m.? And three, hmm. um, it was just, it was too far for me at least. Um, even if like at the time it probably would have been worth it. Um, so this was really like the first time where I like truly felt plugged in mm -hmm. and just getting to know all these people and just understanding like, Hey, this thing is like a worldwide thing. Yeah. Like when you make music, you connect with people on like an international level and not only international, but you know, on like, uh, I don't want to make this sound pretentious, but like a spiritual level. Yeah, yeah, I, guess, I, know. You know? I felt, I felt that. Yeah, yeah, um, and yeah, it was just a really good time. Joe actually showed up on the last day, uh, but I was already on my way home. But I left them like a really long note, and I was—I don't even remember what I wrote in there. I was just like, "Hey, man, thank you for playing my music." Like. Uh, thank you for being an inspiration and blah, 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 blah. Gushing. Yeah. A little gush. Yeah. yeah. And um, I told Ken to, to um, leave the note to Joe and he gave it to him and he texted back and everything. And I was like, oh, damn. He's real. <laughs> He's a real person. Like, he has a number. <laughs> so do you, do you chop it up on the Discord a lot? I used to. Yeah. Um, nowadays, I'm pretty just i'm just busy with life yeah um if we were still in lockdown i'd say i'd probably still be just yeah. like chopping it up on the discord but i i've always had like fond memories and i'm always like oh man i would love to just like pop in for like a minute mm -hmm. um maybe i will this weekend i don't know we'll <laughs> just see check back in no yeah. i get it discord can be kind of tough to to check in on because it can be it's a lot, you know, like some yeah. of the discords are very lively and it's just another thing where I'm like sitting at my computer or, yeah. or if you turn the notifications on your phone, it's just like, it's dude, I can't even like, this is too much. Yeah. It's so overwhelming. Um, I would say like in the heyday of like the selection discord though, man, things were fun. You were tapped in. Oh yeah. yeah. Everybody was tapped in. I mean, there wasn't anything to do. Right. Um, and so you could really connect with people who are like really like fans of like the sound. Um, and it was weird. <laughs> like, it's still weird to like call like people who listen to my music on the regular like fans. But it was it was that. And I was like, oh, shit, this is like for real. And, you know, I'd get people. I remember having a show like in October last October and there was a guy who was like, you're a Moy day. I was like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's my that's, name. That's right? me. <laughs> um, and it's funny cause when I, when I met Esta, uh, dude, shout out Esta. Shout out Esta. I love his music. Yeah. So. Um, when I met Esta in LA last year, I did the same thing. So it's all like this chain of like, celebrity i hate saying celebrity culture but that's the best way i can put it because i did the same thing i was like asta you're such an inspiration man i'm filipino you're filipino like thank you for for paving the way 
even though there's like Chad Hugo and Illmind and all these other Filipino producers out there. Um, yeah, it was just a good way to like really tap in with the community at the time. So. Yeah, for sure. Cool, man. Well, should we, uh, do we run another track? Yeah. Let's uh, do it. Um, I don't even remember what tracks I sent you. What do you guys got? We got a bunch. <laughs> Sunbeam, uh, What You Make It, uh, What We Make It, little reverse there yeah. essence flip honestly 312 91f oh man those those are all good oh 312 312, 312 yeah shout out to the chicagans mm -hmm. chicagoans chicagoans sounds Chicago. more fun <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this this track actually starts out really slow, um, but it's just a remix of um, Drake's Chicago Freestyle, and I remember when Joe played this on the show. That's also when things started just going off the rails too. I think I remember the initial inspo was like, let me try to make something that sounds like Timbo. Mm. And you can hear that in like the little beat switch ups at the end of like certain phrases. I'll point them out. Yeah, you hear that a lot in like Timbaland stuff. Face is interesting. It has like. I don't know if it's just like a widener or something. Yeah. But yeah. I was really, really heavy on uh, Ozone Imager. Oh, yeah, dude. It's, <laughs> actually, I that's still actually am. like probably the best tool that they have. Yep. watch any of the like Timbaland streams like what's his stream no. it's like King Timbaland or something like no I don't I've, know if you tapped into any of that because that's like such a thing you know for producers yeah. like Kenny Beats Kenny Beats yep I I wish I could I just I don't have enough time uh, yeah to like really get into that and like sit in front of like Twitch chat and be like hey listen to this um, I feel you. I did. I, I was a part of the Knowledge Discord server. Oh, cool. And one time I, I sent in a track and then he played it on the stream. Nice. And I remember all the comments or all the the entire chat was going crazy because it was like an Ashanti mm. uh, flip. And people were like, this is the type of track you cry to, like, in front of the window. <laughs> and I was like, good. That, it worked. That was the intention right there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
Um, I feel like you know all the like classic like R&B artists to flip that like Selection does so well or just yeah. some other dudes like I don't know like Sade and yeah there's so many I mean I mean there, there's a reason why um, I guess Joe's other side brand is called like Timeless Classics right mm. I think those are like the tracks that are really ingrained into like the culture in general yeah and those are the tracks where or at least the artists that don't get tiring to listen to yeah like i've probably listened to like usher like 27 million times i'm like nope still sounds fresh to me and a lot of those tracks too are like way ahead of its time and i i always go back to like uh, D'Angelo's Voodoo and you know that's kind of been like my North Star for like the last two and a half years just like trying to come up with how to sound how to get that like voodoo sound hmm. um, but yeah those, like everything in the early 2000s I would say even like all throughout the 90s I, I feel like we we really had like a, a golden that era was the there. best yeah and <laughs> there's then, a reason why like house parties that's like all i play <laughs> exactly and then you know you also had like you know people like timbaland and jermaine dupree and all these other producers in the early 2000s who were like let's see how many weird noises we can put into an r&b <laughs> song and make it like acceptable like timbaland put a fucking crying baby in one of his tracks mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and uh i don't know it, it like that kind of ingenuity um happens a lot on soundcloud like mm -hmm. what is the weirdest thing what is the weirdest noise i can put on there and just make it sound sonically acceptable have you seen his master class no ever, he has a master class through that company master class yeah and I don't think I actually saw the whole thing, but I saw like a trailer for it and it was like him kind of like going in and just like mouthing, like beatboxing stuff. And that yeah. was like a big part of his process. And I've always felt like that is such a good way to get shit exactly how you want it. I yeah. just haven't done enough. I mean, you can go in Ableton or probably other DAWs too, where it's like you just like convert that shit to a drum pattern and then you're just... Yep you know right there yeah he does it raw though like he puts like that audio clip and he puts it in like there's a uh one of his tracks called john blaze <laughs> and there's an amazing like part that he beatboxes with the toms rolling and i'm gonna butcher it if i try to do it but i'm gonna try to do it <laughs> but it's like Okay, I don't even know if I want to attempt it, but it's like, something like that. And it goes with the toms, and I'm like, oh my God, how do I do that? Yeah, so the layering on that is like incredible. Like, I wish I could do that. I feel like we all could, you know what I mean? It's just like not the first thing that I reach for. Yeah. I mean, he also uses a lot of like, you know, clicking sounds coming out of his mouth as like snares or like, you know, something to layer on top of his snares and stuff like that. So, you know, it it almost seems like common sense, 
Right. Right. Yeah. And then you just forget about it. And you're like, let me just find this thing on Splice. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. Actually, um, one of the tracks that I get sent you guys, um, what we make it, that guitar section or that entire like melodic section is all like a loop from Splice. Hmm. And I was just like, oh, yeah, this is cool. And then I, I laid the drums on top. Like I played the drums, added some extra guitar. And then I got one of my friends, Merck, to rap over it. And then another friend from Germany, Sue Jazz, to sing over that. Oh, shit. Uh, see, that's, yeah. see, that feels like, you know, at the end of the day, you can kind of pat yourself on the back for that. Like, that's right. kind of what I think about. Like, yeah, did I feel good or did I just slap that together? Exactly. Yeah, because yeah. like... You know when you sit down you just throw it all together in like 10 minutes like i don't know who who's that track for right? yeah and also like okay maybe that track could function and you could release that and you could like monetize it and right. like do that whole thing and like if i was smart i would just do that a million times and just make yeah. a million tracks yeah and make some some money like i have no like if someone did that and i'd be like dude good for you man yeah and it's out there yeah <laughs> but it's just i can't do it yeah and that's fine no i just <laughs> it just doesn't complete i'm the same way <laughs> yeah i think that a lot of people are probably like that but i'm just saying like you could <laughs> <laughs> i might do it tonight yeah, yeah, yeah. just make like 10 <laughs> tracks real quick i'll go in the spotify lo-fi beats to sleep to <laughs> yeah 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 playlist so Boom. Well, let's listen to that one. Yeah, What We Make It is what it's called. It's what we make it right. Much going on, I think I need a break Or should I break the cycle to alleviate the tension Just to see the light of day or the moonlight Tears fall, withdraw the paper like a zoom tight I'm off, then I'm on, switch it when the mood right I'm logged in a lot, think I need a new strike Head spinning, but I'm winning Cause I'm living, but I'm living too often I know what it's costing I need more than a minute just to fit it in my head All the blood that was shed and the ones we laid to rest mm. Take time for your this is good, dude. I love this. I didn't even. I had no part in the songwriting. I just let him do his thing. <laughs> but I, I was even not even. I have this bad thing where I'll just listen to the <laughs> music and not listen to lyrics yeah. the first time at least. That's what I was more talking about. Just like the feeling of this. Cool. Yep. feel like songs don't feel complete until they have a vocalist and then you're like oh okay like i listen to tons of instrumental music but like whenever i've worked with an artist i'm like oh okay yeah this yep. feels like complete now yep that happens every time that's why i throw an acapella every time i'm like it's a remix now yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
That totally makes sense. One day I'd like to start singing and stuff, but I'm not there yet. I saw one of your tracks, at least, you were like, I just added my vocals and I kind of liked it, so I kept it. Uh-oh. <laughs> or you were kind of like, just do-doing around, I don't know, it was some... Pro probably. I, I have a couple of clips, loose clips here and there on the Instagram. Mm. I'm just like, here's me singing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, singing is so vulnerable. Exactly. It's tough. And Even then you, in the security of your bedroom, then releasing that, people will be like, mm -hmm. a little flatter. They're like, oh no, kill me. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. And then on top of that, you have like the songwriting aspect. Right. And it's just like, that's overkill. Like, it's a lot. super vulnerable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I remember trying to release a track with me singing on it, but I used a burner account mm. on SoundCloud. And uh, people clowned on it really hard. And this was a couple of years ago. Not a couple of years. This is probably like two years ago, actually. <laughs> Damn. Dude, uh, people be ruthless on the internet. Yeah. And people were just like clowning on it. And it wasn't like random people, but I was just getting like DMs from my friends like, dude, don't, don't do this. Really? Yeah. Uh, At least they were real with you. Yeah. And they weren't just like, yeah, dude, keep going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or something. So I'm glad they, they pulled me aside. But I still feel like I, I got it in me. I just yeah, gotta yeah, yeah. I gotta take some lessons or something. It's like uh, Carmack. He made that Vistas album. I don't know if you've listened oh, to I that. I listened to it. But it's like him singing and like doing more, um, like live instrument stuff. Yeah, it's really cool. I would check it out because it's like I feel like he doesn't have the most like amazing voice. Yeah, but. You know, it's just like an outlet for him. And some people aren't going to like that. Some people are going to like his like crazy bass music stuff and be like, dude, what is this? Yeah. But it's like sometimes you got to do something for yourself, too. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's that's actually uh, uh, a good point, you know, where he just does his live band stuff or live instrumentation stuff, because I feel like that's where I want to head into next or at least have like some sort of hybrid between the two. Mm Mm -hmm. Um, cause I've, I've always just wanted to have like a band for a show instead of just like DJing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I get that. So that'd gotta be cool. get that rock band fucking drum kit yeah. going. Yeah. I would, I would be playing on the stage with the rock band drum Dude, kit. if I saw someone doing that, I'd be like, this is dope. Yeah. I don't even know what's happening, but Book I love that. For Lollapalooza. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> um, speaking of DJing, you know, I was gonna come out to this dj set that you were doing at the whistler because i've heard that that is a really cool venue yeah and also i had just learned about you from tango and then also you dj'd with dj mochi right i did yeah and dj mochi is another guy that uh, i was put on by one of my friends and i just i don't even know i've never seen him live but i just love the name it's a great <laughs> name just dj mochi just simple yeah. you know uh, according to him Hmm. DJ Mochi is not he, he didn't name himself that because of like the Japanese like snack. Mm. So just putting it out there. Okay. <laughs> All right, okay. I don't know what it it stands for. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. just told I think he told everybody that in an Instagram post or something. That's mysterious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um but how did that show go? Oh, it was good. And how do you do you enjoy the DJ life? Uh First of all, the, the show went well. I will say I was a bit of a like newbie to 
like playing an actual show because I was like the biggest show I've ever done. So I, I should have been more assertive and asked the house to turn the volume up. Mm. And so they only turned the volume up like the last 30 minutes of the set. Um, so it's all right. But other than that, you know, it was crazy. Um, you know, even especially after I was playing and DJ Mochi and DJ Iggy got up there, you know, they always just provide like an amazing time. Their sound choice is like second to none. Um, and it's, it's funny cause like you just have this white guy who's just playing like crazy I'm a piano and like Biley funky tracks. Um, and you're just like, what is how, how did this get yeah. infiltrated into your system? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, and he's always wearing like some sort of like uh, like soccer team jersey. Mm, mm. Um, so it's just really funny to see like the the juxtap- juxtaposition of like him and then him playing his music. Mm. Um, but yeah, DJ lifestyle. I don't know. I'm not like super. Like I'm not into it head first. Yeah. Yet um okay no i was just curious because i feel like there's this thing where if you're a producer and if you have you know followers or what at fans like that the next logical step is to go out there and dj yeah and it's just like almost expected like oh you know how to dj right like you know and it's just a whole different art form and i don't know it's just i just was curious because sometimes Especially if you're not like DJing your own tracks, it's kind of like, why am I doing this? Especially with the <laughs> technology that we have, like yeah. was, you, we can just make a playlist, you know, and just push play. Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's like a certain art form to to DJing that I feel like I'm slowly uncovering, and you know, a lot of people talk about like how do you blend your tracks together, or they ask For other sure. DJs sure. and stuff, and so I think that's like the the bread and butter. For DJs, totally. Um, I'm still learning like the ins and outs and everything. And you know, before I started doing this for real, for real, <laughs> one of my friends was like, "Man, if you know how to like produce, like you'll know how to DJ." And I didn't believe him until I actually did it. And I was like, "Oh yeah, you just count to four and you're good." <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I mean, the only thing I really struggle with is like beat matching and like messing with the jog wheel yeah I, I suck at that i don't know what what it is i feel like it just takes a little time you gotta just like do practice. the thing yeah just it's just literally just practice yeah but i feel like track selection is just paramount it's yeah like definitely the most important thing yeah you you have to know the the tracks you're playing you have to know like which part can transition well into this part um and you know, I I used to clown on DJs. Well, this is before I was, like, making music for real. Mm-hmm. But I used to be like, oh, yeah, they just press play. And now, you know, adult me looking back at teenage me is like, no, you're stupid. <laughs> yeah, it's different. No, there's definitely... I'm not trying to dog on DJs. Like, I DJ. Yeah. It's just sometimes... It's kind of like the same thing we were talking about with the splice thing where it's like you could just slap a bunch of stuff together and it's a track. You could just slap a bunch of music together and you're DJing, but it's like, it's the fine details in there that really make it special. And people can, they perceive it. Yeah. I think. Oh, I agree. Um, I kind of see it the same way as like, 
making food. Yeah, like, it's a labor of love type yeah, of deal. Yeah, yeah. Like, you can get, like, a deep dish, like a frozen deep dish from, like, Costco or something. I love, do that all the time. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm oh, doing tonight. There you go. Yeah, slap some, you know, like, other vegetables, put that on top. Yep. Just spice it up. There you go. Sponsored That's by cool. Costco. Love Costco. <laughs> Shout um, out Kirkland. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can get like a frozen pizza from Costco and you know, on like a random day, it'll be like, gets the job done, right? Or you could be like, all right, I'm gonna order from Pequods. And mm-hmm. just be like, This is a labor of love, and I can taste it, especially in the crust, and now it's a Pequods ad. What's um? What's your favorite Chicago pizza? Is it a Pequod's? It's Pequod's. Okay, hard take on my end. Pequod's had it one time. I was like kind of iffy about it. It's really? a little bready for okay, me. I can see it, yeah. I like a good saucy pizza. Ooh. Like okay. a Lumalnati. I just like Lumalnati's. I don't know. They have a good Fair thin enough. crust. Um, that sounds like such a basic answer, but I just, I think... <laughs> I think I don't, I want my ratio of like sauce to bread to be like pretty equal. Fair enough. That's just me. I, I think every time I hear Lou Malnati's, I just think of like a tourist's first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's why I'm a basic coach. That's cool. <laughs> like, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I like Pequods and I'm, I'm not like a, like a pizza connoisseur by any means a pizza snob a pe- yeah <laughs> um but when i tried pequods i just tried the crust mm. like i got to the, the crust the back crust Yo, is good though Yeah, that I is agree. insane yeah like i've never had anything like that before <laughs> and so i think that's what got me was the crust mm-hmm. um and i think i've tried giordano's and i was giordano's like uh, it's kind of like Lumonati. yeah yeah, it's it's like the main the mainstream. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, I agree. There's um, also this place in the suburbs. Fuck, what's it called? Oh man, is it Barnaby's? Barnaby's, dude. That is the shit. Barnaby's yep. is good with the like squiggly crust, and yep. then they have the the cornmeal on the bottom. Yep. Fire, Ryan. Any takes on pizza? Good question. Pat's Pizza, Lincoln Park. Oh, you know it's good because it's called Pat's Pizza and Ristorante. Oh, Ristorante, like authentic Italian. Italian. Absolutely, it's really good. So, like the crust, I think of it. It's kind of like a baklava crust in that it's like layered and folded on top of itself and puffs up. Ooh, almost like a home run in kind of where it's like buttery and flaky. Incredible, buttery flaky crust. Dude, now I want a home run in. Home run in's good. So good. But Pat's is like, that's your go-to? I'd say so. If I'm really looking to get adventurous, I mean, a lot of times I'll just do a Papa John's, bro. Papa John's? Wow. Papa John's, bacon, chicken, barbecue. Oh. Okay. That's if you're feeling a little like, fuck it. This is a classic, (laughs) dude. I used to go down to Missouri a lot. And when you're in Missouri, like, there's not pizza. Mm. So you got got one option, and it's Papa John's. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. It's real good. Okay. Okay. I, I would say for like those chains, my go-to is Little Caesars. Oh, that's like, my girlfriend. She's a Little Caesars yeah, person. Man. I don't know what it is. Like, is it's it. It's like Detroit style, right? Or, or there can be Detroit. No. Yeah, there, I'm there can thinking, be Detroit style. Yeah. No, they do have it. I'm thinking of Jets though. Oh, okay. That's what I'm thinking. Gotcha. They do. They they've been selling like Detroit style ones, but I'm just talking about like the regular pizza. Yeah. Like 
it's 10 bucks, right? I don't know if I... The price also is important. Yeah. yeah. So it's just 10 bucks. You get like, you know, pizza ready to go. It's hot and ready, right? Dude, my like, I don't give a shit pizza is Sarpino's. Oh my God. <laughs> just like, give it to me. It's so cheap. They yeah. used to deliver to the suburbs super late. It was always like a Polish dude. And I was just like, dude, <laughs> thank you for your service. Like I, I am dying right now. I need this food. <laughs> but they were just out there, man. That that actually just reminds me of uh, the one time I ordered a Papa John's pizza in the middle of like a blizzard mm. and I had it delivered because I had a coupon that I could get a free pizza <laughs> mm-hmm. and like classes were canceled. And I was like, all right, I guess I'll do this. And I, I guess I just like lost all like moral compass about what that person would have to go through to deliver the pizza (laughs) exactly i was just like i want pizza that's it and then i looked outside i'm like there's a blizzard (laughs) but i want pizza (laughs) um i did give them a generous tip out of my uh piggy bank piggy bank yeah (laughs) it's like straight up it was like a mason jar full of like quarters yeah yeah, and i was just like counting the money yeah and i was like here and this and this and this and what made it worse for me was like it was an old it was an old guy and Mm. i was like ah no like you don't do as well in the cold as the youngins like us (laughs) like you're not gonna make it that long (laughs) yeah i was like that's when it hit for me and i was like ray come on give him the money (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. when are they gonna phase out pennies like are we getting close canada's on Uh, it canada they have already gotten rid of it and they have coins for dollars what i mean that's just why they're just trying to be weird we we have coins for dollars sacagawea coins or like the we got other stuff they got a two dollar coin and they call it a toonie a toonie? toonie is that the most canadian thing you've ever heard oh yeah, yeah. they just throw me a toonie and we'll no nah, what am i like <laughs> irish i just yeah interesting they do uh, weird stuff out there that we do have a two dollar bill yeah not as common like not the sacagawea coin right yeah i've switched over to just mobile pay yeah i know me too it's, it's tough yeah because you just it's just tough because like you just look at the price and you're like do i have enough money I don't know. Here's my phone. I mean, it just seems archaic to be like having like a coin thing, like a coin wallet. Yeah. Who carries like a that? fanny pack or just I don't know, like, like a coin dispenser fanny pack. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> just paying in coins. Why? Like, I don't know. I got one of these wallets where it's like literally like just this. It like holds all my cards and I'm just like, that's it. Yeah. It's got some bills in it. We're good. I think I I have a similar one. I think most it. dudes have like gone that route. Yeah. Just get something uh, slim. Just gets the job small. done. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right. Anyway, just a huge tangent here. Um, <laughs> let's get back to the show. I think uh, I was going to, I have a wrap up question. Yeah. Go ahead. And, but maybe we listen to one more track before it. Okay. Uh, what do we got again? <laughs> I said Starting so many. That's I'm not gonna lie. Everyone is the same way. They're like, Wait, what did I say? Yeah. 91F, Essence Flip, Honestly, Limbo, Open Arms, Sunbeam. Oh god, they're all you so make good. It? Damn it. Should have just sent you guys like a medley. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like in the background the whole yep. time. Uh, 
Okay. Uh, essence flip. I like these like snare fake outs. Like you want it to go fully in. Actually sampled uh, two separate tracks for this. Mm. So strings are from a Cleo Soul track. Uh, I think it's from In Your Arms by Cleo Soul. And then the main sample is um, it's a loop that I heard on the radio. thing it almost sounds like a uh, organ with like a Wurlitzer type of it's an organ is that what it is yeah, okay yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna sample snitch on myself because I feel like the original track deserves listening to it's a jazz cover of rock with you oh by Michael Jackson yeah uh, covered by Alyssa Allgood mm. and I don't know. Maybe she'll sue me now that I said that. But like, <laughs> shout out to her for coming up with like a really, really, really nice cover of it. And then I just took like the bridge section. I was like, oh man, this sounds so nice. Yeah. Bass so. is fatty. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I used. Um, like one of the stock Ableton bass sounds. It's called mm. Sub Sign Bass. Mm. Uh, before the update, I think it was like before the 11.0 update, it was called Hip Hop Sub Bass. Dude, I always yep. use that one. I live and die by that. It's bass. so good. Yeah. Like every every track, I just try Hip Hop Sub Bass and I'm like, it's, it works. It's literally, you can kind of like, 
you know, it's got like a couple different knobs for changing the the tone. Yep. Um, But it's just, it's so deep. So if you really want to get that low sub note, like it's there. Yep. So I combined that with um, the the bass from Open Arms, the Mm. contact bass. And that's how I came up with like that that little bass line for this. Oh, cool! So you had like the the hip hop sub like on the bottom. Yeah. The other one like is more texture on the top. Yep. Yep. Cool. Yeah, it's dude, it's the best. I I've heard that. Yeah, it's not an eleven. I'm still rocking ten. I know that that's like all right crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's it's under a different name in eleven now because I my okay. heart was like straight up broken when I no I I was trying to search it I was like hip hop and it nothing showed up but it's under like sub sign bass now or something I don't know why they would change it I don't know man that was like I remember nightmare which very different genre from any of this like yeah. it's like hard trap EDM <laughs> and he was like yeah the hip hop sub is great and I was like yeah it is it's dope. <laughs> That's yeah. where I learned it from. But uh, multiple people have told me that in the 11 update, it's like not, it's different. Yeah. No, it's it's exactly the same. You just got to find the, the new find name. It. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. Hip hop <laughs> sub. If you're an Ableton user, check that shit out because it's good. Live and die by that shit. I swear to God. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's, let's wrap this guy up. So in the start of the show, I asked you, what was your first concert? But what was the most impactful concert you've been to like like a show where you were like this was that was just crazy mm. like i was not expecting that or maybe you were but it's just like blew you away okay i have two shows is that, is that you okay? can do that yeah. all right cool um the first show was when i was a teenager and there was this local band called Company of Thieves. I don't know if you guys know about them. Mm-hmm. No. Okay. Uh, Company of Thieves was like an indie rock band in like 2007, 8, 9, somewhere around there. Um, they were just making straightforward like indie rock stuff. And I remember having a huge crush on the lead singer. And I was also starting like a music blog at the time. And I would just keep gushing over this band. And I thought they were like amazing. Like they could do no wrong. Mm. And one day I get a comment on my blog spot. That's what the blog site was called. Blogspot. Blog spot. Yeah. Um, I had a Tumblr. <laughs> yeah, I had a Tumblr too. Yeah. Tumblr was. Tumblr literally just became porn at one point. But <laughs> I mean, it was good before that. True. Yeah. Um, but I, I got a comment. It was from the lead singer's mom. I don't know how she found the site. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, right? Well, the singer at the time was like still like early 20s. Yeah. Um, and she was like, oh, I can hook you up with like free tickets. I'm, I'm Genevieve's mom. That was the lead singer. And so I got into contact with her and like we got on the guest list. Oh, nice. And I'm like, what is happening? From blog to guest yeah, list. Right. Wow. Um, and I think that was the show that really made me think like I could pursue a career in music. Like, this is feasible. This can happen. Um, and after that I got to meet the band. They didn't know what I looked like. I was still like this 
like 16 year old kid with like a friggin' bowl cut and i go up to them and i'm like thanks for having me on the show or thanks for inviting me to the show and they're like who are you like your mom contacted me (laughs) yeah no (laughs) yeah yeah so i explained the entire deal and they were like thank you and you know i i got to see them like a couple more times after that i was like a huge company of thieves super fan for all of my high school life what was your blog called uh god i remember what my tumblr was called it's called a study in complacency Mm, very deep but yeah that was after like a a math rock song by farrah ket i think that's the band name Mm. but um yeah my music blog i god it was such a long name it was like (laughs) elevator music for like the new generation or something like that it was like really pretentious like nose in the air like that's like what you do as a kid you gotta like you know show that you're smart but you're yep you're like an old soul as a kid you know more than you do exactly like i thought i was gonna be like the the biggest hipster of hipsters like you know how hipsters like took over wicker park Mm -hmm. around like that that time i thought i was gonna be one of those guys Mm. so that's what I was trying to aim for. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's that's the first show. The second show was the, the Joe K four-hour experience back in... Uh, was, that la- was that last March? Last March. Um, and the circumstances around it were really funny because... Yeah, I don't know if I'm like allowed to say this. It's not like anything super embarrassing, but Joe forgot to bring his recorder because he was going to record his set. Mm. Uh, it was the first stop in his entire tour in Chicago. And we're, we're all at the venue already. And I'm talking with all of my friends. I'm like, guys, wouldn't it be funny if like Joe called me right now? <laughs> and, he, he texted me. He's like, hey, man, you got a Tascam recorder on you? And I was like, no, but I have a friend who does. Like, he's a studio engineer, and he's here right now. And he's like, oh, is he on his way? I can pay him. I'm like, no, Joe, like, he's here. Mm-hmm. He's at the venue. He's like, oh, cool, yeah, come backstage and, like, you know, set it up. So, like, I got to meet, like, his girlfriend, and she was, like, handling all the like backstage stuff and everything was like super stressful mm. we got the task cam recorder it didn't record and no the, yeah it's the worst yep and then the studio engineers were just like completely clueless and or not studio engineers like the you know venue Dude. yeah oh, oh yeah, yeah they're yeah. just like I don't, I don't know <laughs> um but after the show we got to meet joe backstage and just talk to him for a little bit and i shook his hand and i'll never forget this his hand was the softest hand i've ever shook in my life really it was like a baby's bottom wow and all my friends know this so now this is like etched in stone on like a podcast but like i talk (laughs) about this to this day like his hand was so soft Wow. It was like immaculate. I don't understand, man. Yeah. 
My hands are not soft. Right. Neither are mine. Well, I, I do rock climbing, which really just fucked them up. But <laughs> I'm okay with not having soft hands. But yeah, I do. I shake some people's hands. I'm like, wow. Yeah. What? Like, what lotion do you use, dude? Yeah. Like, no offense to like the actual show he did, but that was the defining moment. Like, I <laughs> yeah, shook it's his always hand. the random things like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's not. That's cool. Yeah. And then I remember he he like looked at me and he was like, come to L.A., bro. I was like, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was just like an amazing experience to like finally get to meet him in person and shake his well moisturized hand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Have you considered doing the L.A. thing? I know that that's a big move for musicians to go to LA or go to New York or whatever more so LA I feel like in my eyes yeah I've had it as like a like a not serious thought Mm -hmm. like uh oh wouldn't be wouldn't it be cool but I've never like a hundred percent considered it um I my best friend lives out there um we've talked about it like back in grad school but yeah I don't know. It's a lot to do. Yeah, it's it's a lot I, to yeah. do, but I I've also heard a lot of stuff about LA where it, you know, the people. Yeah. Sorry know. people of LA. Yeah, it just but they talk about you. <laughs> it just seems like everybody's there talking themselves up like basically every interaction's like a resume. Yeah, it's like interview. a social climbery like yeah whatever sorry la people yeah sorry <laughs> la people i know all y'all aren't like that yeah it's just you know i've heard stories. that's just what people say yeah <laughs> um and so i i don't know i'm usually not oh well I'm, I'm never a fan of that type of environment you know i'm always the type to just sit around and hang out and not hear about your resume every single day like i was on this 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 and this i'm like okay yeah <laughs> yeah i feel that um this is kind of a random question yeah but i just thought of it kind of at the start when we were talking uh you were saying how you are an orthopedic occupational therapist occupational therapist <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know we were talking about how like music touches the soul yeah do you ever feel like the music like music could help in your industry for like healing purposes, like in the combination with stuff. I mean, maybe yeah. like, obviously, I don't know. This is like an out there question. I just want to throw it at you and see what you thought. Yeah. It, believe it or not, it's not like an out there question. Um, it's not very common, but there are music therapists out there and they do, they're, they're like trained musicians. They go to like hospitals and stuff or they're employees of the hospital and they go in, they play a song, they bring all their instruments in um, and they get to connect with patients on like that level because, you know, music activates a different part of the brain um, as far as like understanding language and everything too. Um, And so it can do a lot of things as far as like, getting someone to be motivated to participate in therapy, um, Mm. lifting somebody's spirits up, you know, understanding like tempo, um, tempo can help them 
sequence movements a lot better. Um, there are a lot of like studies out there actually with like Parkinson's disease and using a metronome to help them when they start freezing, mm. freezing as in like they just stop moving. Yeah. Um, and having them like walk to a metronome can really help. So there are a lot of like crazy cutting edge applications to music that don't just fall into like, oh yeah, that's a good memory or that's this cute. is my yeah, <laughs> yeah this yeah. is my favorite song. Yeah. Um, I know for me, like in my practice, there isn't much time to do that because everything's so fast paced. But like, you know, there's a lot of people coming in. You yeah, help them. yeah. Yeah. But you know during sessions sometimes like i just ask them like i pull my phone out i'm like what do you want to listen to and then i just play it on spotify and you know we have a an entire conversation about that and before you know it therapy session's over and they're like i had a good time <laughs> i'm like cool we'll do that again tomorrow yeah i feel like anything to kind of like relax you or yeah. help you pay attention to something more get in the zone that totally makes sense yeah it might not be the exact thing that's gonna like heal you but it could be a good accompaniment yeah it's it's like a vehicle towards recovery yeah um and i i tell people i tell patients this all the time i'm like the hospital sucks <laughs> yeah. i know the hospital sucks so i'm here to get you home as fast as possible and i'm gonna do everything i can to make the hospital suck less while you're recovering yeah. so like that's I, cool it's cutting cut and dry for me yeah yeah i don't even just curious because like we didn't even talk about this but <laughs> just like what kind of specific uh injuries are um, you dealing with yeah so to be more specific i work in like inpatient rehab um this is after people come out of like the operating room or like the emergency room or something like that so like pretty serious yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I see things from like spinal cord injuries to strokes. Oh. To, yeah. So like post-op spinal surgeries, amputations. Uh, there's a very rare chance you see like a gunshot wound. That's more for like U of C because they're more equipped to handle those situations. Um. But yeah, I mostly see like strokes and amputees and like spinal surgeries. Well, the stroke thing is interesting in the sense that it wasn't like a physical, you didn't like get hit by a car, yeah. but you lost connection to this part and then you might not get it back. Yeah, dude, that's the, man, that's the weird thing to me. Like we can talk about it all the time in like class and stuff. And be like, yeah, stroke is when you just lose one, like, lose function of one part of your body. But, like, I will never understand what it feels like to be like, I can't move my right arm. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm never going to know. And it's just weird as a therapist to, like, tell people, like, okay, you can't move your right arm, so uh, this is how you're going to put your shirt on now. Mm. And sometimes with strokes come, like, a, a visual field cut. Mm -hmm. And they won't be aware of like the side that can't move if that makes any sense. So yeah. like, if a stroke impacted me on my right side, like I might not be aware that like the right side of my body's there anymore. 
that's so weird right like i don't know how to like explain that to someone it's kind of like when you when blind people tell you that like they never could see yeah and, like and seeing isn't just blackness it's like just not seeing and you're yeah. like what the hell does that mean exactly like i it's just crazy to me that like i'm in a position to tell somebody to do something about it and be like yeah you can do it but you know we we do have like strategies to to help them um yeah. kind of like what's the word help them kind of regain their independence with For all sure. that stuff and i'm sure some comes back like some stroke things yeah yeah not to get too down the rabbit hole on this <laughs> one i just was curious and it sounds like at least you know you put out the good vibes when people come through try to help them out play a little music yeah um nice. and yet yeah, to, to your point, like some, some does come back, but if it doesn't come back, then you teach them like compensatory strategies. Mm. So there's always a way to, there, there's always some sort of method to figure something out. Imagine being like a musician and like Had losing. Yeah. That's so tough, man. Yeah. Being like a drummer or something or like what are you? I've had like guitarists and keyboardists come in, um, who've had strokes and stuff. Um, and they're always like, yeah, I want to get back into this. And depending on how like young you are, you can probably take the time to like relearn those strategies and relearn how to use your fingers if it does come back. Mm -hmm. Cause honestly, the way I see it, like stroke recovery sometimes just feels like a crapshoot. Mm. Like, you know, we'll do as much as we can on like somebody's affected side and you know they'll discharge and they still can't use that side but we just taught them like compensatory strategies then on the other end of the spectrum like they recovered they basically made like a full recovery wow. <laughs> yeah that's amazing or you can just start playing keyboard with your nose or something that's like. true or like your your foot people would love that too they'd be like this guy fucking yeah doesn't can't use his hands anymore now he uses his feet and he kills it yeah just be viral on tiktok for that <laughs> i mean ideally you can just use all your body it's a sad situation <laughs> but i always do respect the fuck out of those people that find a way yeah when it's the odds are stacked yeah it's that gritty shit <laughs> yeah dude well anyway not the not the end this on a down note if you, you know if you're out there and you can use your body and or whatever you can use of it like go out there and use that shit yep and uh we thank you for listening if you've made it this far um thank you dude for coming through i really appreciate it any shout outs really quick before we go i know that you oh, did man. some shout outs i made a ton of shout outs shout out to my girlfriend gabby who's uh shout out. in the room and also keeping me on track here <laughs> um shout out to everybody in that group chat that i just mentioned i'm sorry if i forgot your name i'm under pressure here i got nervous don't <laughs> it's shoot hot me in here it's hot we're in a sauna yeah um shout out tango aka sean shout um out. Shout. oh man shout out mom and dad uh i don't know i huh hmm? jay Shout out Jay. Uh, also for like killing the DJ set impromptu at my my birthday get together. Um, God, 
shout out everybody everybody who's in my contacts list <laughs> shout out there we go oh yeah that's how you cover all the bases yep. <laughs> anyone i've ever met shout out yep <laughs> yeah all right cool well later guys peace